This episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad. Enjoy! It is the Chicago First podcast on the Dynasty Podcast Network, featuring interviews with Chicago's premier artists and industry and creatives and culture leaders. Hosted by Haima Black. Welcome to Chicago. Haima Black with Dynasty Podcast. We are live up here tonight, uh, coming from the north side, uh, taking a break from our usual residency at Virgin Hotel. And we are here at G-Man Tavern, so thank you so much to the Metro Smart Bar G-Man family for having us up here. Hugely appreciated. Um, tonight, I am here. I'm so excited. I'm here with Lucy Stuhl and Dan Poliak. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. She said it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to talk all about what you guys are doing with Queen. Um, and, I, and I hope, is that, oh, when I say you guys, is that a, is that, does that work? I would say, yeah. Yeah, I think, oh. I think it's pretty broad statement. Okay. <laughs> Making sure. It's not gender specific. Yeah, right. I don't think so. Okay. I've so, taken the word guys back. <laughs> we're going to talk about what both of you are working on with Queen, which is this great weekly party and really this kind of like community that's building at Smart Bar. But uh, we always start at the beginning. And Dan, you and I, we'll just get the history right out of the way. Let's do it. Uh, you and I have known each other for the better part of a decade. You have contributed to the podcast with visual work. You did our logo. But um, thank you for coming back on because you and I talked a long time ago. Yeah, I know. Thank you for having me. Um, so yeah, so you and I Us. know each other from back in the day when you were doing a lot of work with like a lot of the kind of pop punk wave that was happening in Chicago and you've really, <laughs> yeah, I know girl, fallout boy, <laughs> I was gonna name Academy names. is, yeah. um, I don't know. Those are like the two. Don't forget Avril Lavigne. Oh, I was a big Avril Lavigne fan. Avril is a special place. <laughs> but she's not from Chicago or no. pop or punk. <laughs> but, uh, but you and I have known each other a while and I've gotten to see a lot of the work you do develop and evolve. So that's been great. You know, starting out, though, for the both of you, whoever wants to go first, like, how did each of you get involved with the creative arts, with with the kind of work that you're doing, however you want to define it? Well, I think Dan should start with that. Well, um, I kind of started doing graphic design um, at home. I was a weird art kid, so wasn't really into sports. And, you know, you have a computer. It was the Internet era, so it was just really learning to become comfortable with design. And then um, through going to concerts locally, made a couple connections, and eventually started doing design work for bands, whether it was like posters or MySpace layouts, t-shirts, um, ended up working with the band Cobra Starship, and that's mm -hmm. really what started like mm -hmm. me moving into that realm of designing for bands. Um, yeah, and that kind of was really the beginning of my career. It's where I learned the foundations of design and like uh, developed my aesthetic. And, so and, think, and how to work with creative talent, too. Oh, for sure. I definitely. I mean, yeah, you definitely, I'm, when you're managing your own freelance work at 18, you are very young and naive, but you definitely learn a lot of lessons. Did that kind of lay the groundwork for now? Like, like before the mics were on, you were talking about kind of like managing a lot of the talent that's coming up tonight uh, later on in the evening for Queen. Like, did that work where you were connecting with those artists lay the foundation for what you're doing now in terms of like managing creatives? Yes, but also I'm a control freak, so it really, like, gets to work my OCD and, like, organization skills, and, you know, it, working through my iPhone, I'm able to just, like, text all of the people we work with and Facebook message, so, yeah, it's definitely um, laid the groundwork, but in a sense, it, like, lets me let out some of my tendencies of being obsessive-compulsive. <laughs> uh, what about you, Lucy? How did all this begin for you? <clears throat> Um, how did all this begin for me? Wow. Um, all of this. Yeah, I'm like, all of Every this. Every single thing. <laughs> that is a 
very long story. Well, we should also call her Lucy Stool, Chicago Drag Performer of the Year oh, by the Chicago Nightlife Awards. Very nice. I am still the I'm still the reigning, the reigning winner, queen. Um, the, nice. the first winner of that award, even at the Chicago. Um, what is, what's the name of it? Chicago Nightlife Awards. Chicago Nightlife Trademark Awards. registered copyright. See, this is why he's like my right-hand man for everything. <laughs> Every time I look three. over and I'm like, what's happening? He's like, Who's I got that you. person? <laughs> Dan's got that organizational... He does. Yeah. He really does. He's, he's like always on top of it. Um, <clears throat> but no, I was, um, I, was, I was raised in kind of a strict uh, household and always knew from a very young age that I wanted to be a performer of some sort. So I've kind of been in the arts my entire life. I've been a singer um, ever since I was a little kid. I've been in choir my entire life. Uh, and I went to college for musical theater. And then um, after like dropping out and living in that town for a while, uh, one of my friends who I was a frat brother with back at the school told me to move to Chicago. And he was a drag queen at the time. And that's how all of this got started, basically. Wow. So you have the choir thing, you have the frat thing, like yeah, I am a I am a multi layered character. Wow, I, think. I didn't know you were a <laughs> musical theater girl. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I was in choir. I was I was singing at nationals like every year. I was that kid. Like that was me all the way. And how did the kind of drag? You know, like I know you said that your friend kind of turned you on to that, but like, how did that process develop for you? Like, were you? you know, became an entertainer in that sense. Well, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that after college, I was just, like, so jaded with the experience of, like, being an actor, especially, like, being a musical theater actor. I just never liked the competition, like, kind of, like, sort of. it. Like, I, I knew that it was something that was very necessary to, like, make it as an actor, but I just knew that that wasn't really right for me, so I just kind of dropped it all. And then um, meeting up with this friend who was doing drag and being able to come into these places and see what was happening kind of opened it back up for me again. It was another way to do that, like, musical theater without having to, like, really throw myself back into that, like, acting scene. And probably a little bit more on your own terms. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I got to create my character. I got to choose all my music, you know? I got to choose how I performed all of it. So, like, that's really big to me because I'm also a control freak. So (laughs) it's, like, really important how I present myself. Like, very important. Very important. Well, something I think that stands out to me uh, about the work that both of you are doing is that it's really well-branded. You know, like, we're going to talk about a lot of the community aspect, a lot of the, the tone of the work. But just in terms of the presentation, I think the branding is really on point. Like, the visuals always look great. Your costumes always look great. Like, the aesthetics, it feels very much like, surprise, like, there's a, des- there's a designer in the mix. Yeah. You know, like, so how did you guys kind of, we're going to cut back to, like, how this first started. But how did you guys develop the tone and aesthetic and kind of culture of Queen? Well, I mean, a lot of that has to do with um, the music that is a part of it. Not, not even, not all of it has to do with the music that is a part but of the, it. But the music is definitely the uh, most underrated part of Queen. Absolutely. Like, so many people forget about that aspect of it. And that's actually the reason that we're all together in that room. That's actually the reason that Queen started. That's, there would be none of this community building and kind of this, the work that we're doing through Queen without the people like Derek Carter and Frankie Knuckles and Michael Serafini and Garrett David and just all of them legends. who like do that work. Yeah, like yeah, absolute, absolute legends. 100%. They are the reason that this happened. Um, we were lucky enough to be able to work with them and to be able to vibe with them in a way to make it even bigger than, you know, just a dance party. So did this kind of originate out of Smart Bar already kind of being a destination for electronic music on Sunday nights? Or what was kind of the origin of the Queen party? I would actually say uh, not electronic music, but more so house. There was a party before Queen on Sunday nights called Dollar Disco, and it was Mm -hmm. a dollar. They played disco music. Michael Serafini curated it, along with another DJ. Um, 
And, you know, Dollar Disco had its moment. Queen happened. And it's it's one of those nights that, like, really is... Um, it, it just takes note from, like, queer culture in the 80s and 90s when we had to hide who we were and couldn't, like be out in the open and drag or wearing a pink denim jacket. Like you really had to hide who you were at that point. And I think the thing that's awesome about working with Queen is that it's just this night that's very different from everything else that's happening. Right. I mean, it, it does feel like a very different culture in there. And one thing, uh, so I was there last weekend, something that really stood out to me is the level of community that you could feel in there. Like how have you guys cultivated that community? How have you, built the audience and the kind of like, you know, the, the people that are coming back week after week. Well, I mean, uh, back just to say it again, a lot of it has to do with the fact of like um, the talent that's there. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, the musicians, but also, yeah, the queens that are a part of it have a lot to do with um, the people that come into it and feel comfortable coming there. Um, but then also uh, the people that have been supporting this party for years. Yeah, the regulars. The regulars oh have God, been so many. doing this and been creating this community and like have before created, either of us before either of us were even there. Yeah. You know, like yeah, they had totally. this, they had this family going already that they accepted us into, and it just kind of set a precedent for the people who wanted to come there and like make it even more special. And we've just always had this stance, you know, of like it's all about love, it's all about peace. Like there's like I, I don't think there's other than like the occasional turnt person there's never been like a fight at queen no. it's like a very loving night the people that go there are going there to just like express their emotions and be around their community which i think is really cool well i think and i'm i want to be careful not to overgeneralize here but i oh, think totally. when you go to like you know nights that are a little bit more like queer or trans or drag focused versus if you got to like a club in like river north let's say the energy is very different you go to like a lot of the for lack of a better word straight clubs there's a lot of hostility there. There's a lot of oh, like 100%. It's like that. You know, it's like that toxic, mm-hmm. really just like people are ready to fight. It's like the caveman culture. It, it feels is. like, you know, so yeah. Yeah. let's like, go with that's caveman exactly culture. Like. And when you go to Queen, it feels very different. Uh, the comparison that I was going to make that I know we talked about last week a little bit was the original Boom Boom Room at Green Dolphin. Oh, um, yeah. That was a club I worked at out of college when I was like 21 or so. Uh, one, of, one of the kind of like or like one of the organizers of that event back then was working at the radio station I was working at, so I got connected to that. And, you know, me, like, straight little, like, kind of metalhead pop punk kid from Chicago, I wasn't as connected to that culture. And when I went to that party, like, back in the day, the original Boom Boom Room, I was just like, oh, my God, the energy here is so inviting. Yeah. And it was so celebratory. Yeah. And it feels like a lot of that is carried over into Queen. And yeah. that is something that I feel like is very like prominent in both of those communities, like the punk scene and the house disco scene is we were all like the weird people. We were the outsiders. Yeah. So I feel like when you're a punk person experiencing that community, you understand the idea of community and those people that you're seeing often and the people that like you would defend because that's how you feel. Right. Yeah. So in these early days when it kind of transitioned from Dollar Disco into Queen, like how did that happen? How did you guys sort of develop the tone and kind of like get it to the point where where it is now? Well, Lucy and I weren't really involved in Queen for a minute. Like Queen probably into like three years in, right? Yeah. Three. Yeah. So like three years into the night. Two and a half probably. Two and a half, three-ish years. We'll say two point. Five, seven, nine. We break out a calculator. Yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> at some point that? in time, right? Queen, while a um, 
while it was an awesome underground queer party, was just kind of like off of a lot of people's radar. Mm -hmm. And it came to the point where it was like, Queen needs to make a turn or it's going to go away. And this was before Lucy and I even knew each other. So I'm sure we both have different experiences with the night. The first time I went, and keep in mind, I had been doing the design work working at Smart Bar for Queen since the beginning. I've always done the Queen aesthetic, but I had never been until like three years into it. Michael Serafini was like, you need to come, you need to come. I was like, yeah, sure, sure, I have work on Monday. The first time <laughs> I went... Responsible Dan Poliak, yeah, well, not you know, wanting you, to go out at night. Oh, did that change? Um, so my good friend Shay Coulee was like, oh, you should, like, you, you work at this club. You should experience this night. It's, like, really different than what's going on. The first time I went, I had an amazing time and was just like oh my God, this night that's so different than everything is going to get canceled. And I remember saying to my boss, like, give me a couple months. I want to get involved. All of my friends are doing drag right now. We're all just like really, they're all, not we're all because I unfortunately don't do drag. Thank God. We're all like hanging out. We love this night and I don't want it to go away because you go to Boys Town and not to be that person, but you go to Boys Town and it's like top 20, top 40, very sponsored, like, have this absolute vodka because they pay all our bills. And then you have, like, Berlin and Smart Bar, which are these, like, really queer, underground, dirty clubs. Like, it's really anything goes. And so, yeah, you just, I don't know, like, I wanted to keep this night because there's not anything like that happening in queer culture, at least in Chicago. And the music is amazing. And so, which I'm sure Lucy will hop in in a minute. We were, I was doing it and I was booking Lucy as a guest every couple of months, but she had another night at Manhole. And I was even working R- there before that too. RIP Manhole. And again, and Lucy, I was like, you know, girl, like I really want you to come to Queen. You have this amazing personality. You have, you're, you are Queen because like Lucy is, to like give her some praises she's very boisterous and like also really dirty and so you know like lucy yeah the queen audience was like perfect for her so lucy hopped on board and dot 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 i'll let her finish and it just it seems to me also like to just cut in really quick having not been part of this community but even outside looking in it seems like lucy just has this presence that stands out and to me i think that would be uh-huh. a huge drawing point because people you know, sleep on her but uh, Drag queen yeah. of the year. So I'd love to hear your experience with it. Um, yeah, so, I mean, Dan covered a lot of it, but uh, actually, yeah, I was working for Queen before Dan was even booking me for it. Sure was. But it was just, uh, it was very randomly. And I just, one of my favorite moments ever there was I, I was like, I want to work here more often. They booked me the first time. I was like, I am going to show out. So I went scouring through um, back alleys for like a big enough box that I could wear because it was Derek Carter's birthday. And I found a refrigerator box and I went to the dollar store and I found wrapping paper and I turned myself into a present for his birthday. So my first time hosting there, I was wearing this gig that like my arms are literally sticking out like this. They had to make a straw that like came up to my mouth and it's a small club, but like I was wrapped up as this big present and like it was only my head sticking out of the box with like my arms and the bottom of my legs, but I knew that I could like just be as free and as creative and as weird as I wanted to be in this space. And like that was the first time and ever since then they were like, 
you're supposed to be here. Well, it sounds like to me, it sounds like this was the thing you were waiting for. Oh, it like absolutely was. It, in, in it absolutely was. And it's just like Dan was saying, like I had so much, there was so much like aversion to me, like coming into Boys Town because I was not the prototype of like queen they wanted. No, you know, when a all. bearded bald drag queen walks in, everyone's <laughs> kind of like, mm, what? Mm. Especially like the climate it was in then, it was like height of like the RuPaul's Drag Race, everyone finding out what it was and everyone knew what like a drag queen was supposed to look like and be doing. And like, I was this hairy, weird, bald black girl from the West Side that was like coming in and like doing like bikini kill and weird stuff like that. And everyone was like, I don't understand what's and happening. Super punk rock. Yeah, you know, and like that was drag to me. That's why I started drag because I am punk rock. <laughs> it was like that. I've always felt that way about it. So now that this is, you know, it's this engine that's really running really smoothly. People know about it. It's on a lot of people's radars. You guys are both involved very heavily now that that's all going, like, what are the goals for it going forward? Or like, what do you, where do you take this now that uh, I feel like a lot of the foundation work has been, has been completed? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like we just had probably our best year. Yeah, no, that it was Queen a has ever really had. great year. We won the best weekly party also by the Chicago Nightlife Awards, yeah. registered, trademarked, copyrighted, yeah. one of the above. <laughs> and, you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> um, but like for real, we've like broken the smart bar capacity record in the history of the club twice in one year, and that's in, that's impressive. I mean, but, huge. yeah, no, totally. Between like Christmas, we had a queen on Christmas Day, we had a queen on New Year's Day, and we had a queen the day before Martin Luther King Day, and those three queens combined, we almost had two thousand people at a four hundred capacity club. Well, and we should say for anyone who doesn't know, like Dan, you know this, like. Smart Bar has an incredible history. I mean, they've had, I oh, think... A hundred... Oh, my wrong, God. Some of the best... Prince, New Order, Madonna. Am I right with those? I know yeah, they've either no. Smart Bar hundred, New Order, Sonic Youth has played down there. Right. I mean, and then, like, so some of, like, the... like, And in the last couple of years, even, like, Cascade, the Black Madonna... Right. Justice, like, to, to be this, like, underground weekly queer party, Frankie Knuckles, one of our residents, who unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago, like, to be this, like underground queer party and like have done all of these things in the last year is just like very um it's it's comforting because it's got to be very validating yeah oh uh, yeah for sure because it was a it was gonna go away and to be where we're at like it's just it's the thing i like about queen is like the hosts um who are you looking at? You, oh my God! Is your wig gonna get on fire? Sorry. Oh my God! There's a candle that's literally just saw that. Light a wig on fire. Oh my God! I hope the wig did not set on fire. I'm about to light Chanel number three. The drama. That'd be so fitting, giving her the Scream Queens theme there. So be yeah, that's fine. Yeah, she can lay down. I just looked over and was like. Oh my, oh, my God. <laughs> what would she have done tonight without that wig? Um, I forgot what I was saying because sorry. we had a I'm wig. Sorry to interrupt. No, absolutely. You broke all these records. There's been all this incredible talent that's come to uh, Smart Bar. Good Lord. You know, yeah. like, we've definitely... It's some of the best music in the city, and we've been able to um, have our hosts really excel in the world of drag. Like, not only in Chicago, but, like... Lucy and a bunch of our other residents are like known throughout the country. So to have these people work with us consistently, one of our residents, Shay, just got out the next season of Drag Race. So it's like we're, in a sense, fostering this um, world of drag that is kind of up and coming because 
very different than most drag shows. Queen is 100% not a drag show. The drag queens are just hosting, mm-hmm. so they're not performing. They get to focus on like really being artistic with whatever the theme is that week and not having to worry like, okay, I have to have this work for three different performances. Right. So it's definitely a night that lets people... It, I mean, the crowd be more creative in the sense that, like, they get to express their weirdness. Well, I saw somebody show up as Chinese takeout last week. Yeah. Which is incredible. <laughs> oh, the like, Sarah really, Andrews like, box. Yeah. We're wearing but also the, just the like, box of, yeah. Total, yeah. And, and, like, the music. Like, that's, like, honestly, the most underrated thing about Queen, it, in my opinion, maybe because it's I'm more drag adjacent, is, like, the music. It's so good, and it's, like... Donna Summer, House Beats, Frankie Knuckles. Like. No, yeah, it really, it really is underrated because I mean, a lot of people tend to focus on um, like the queens and the hosting and what's going on, and like they have this beautiful backdrop that they know that they're sweating on the dance floor for like three or four hours too, but like nobody really thinks about. And there are some cute guys sweating on that dance floor. They're cute like everybody. shirts. We're cute just all everybody's. gonna have like a cuddle puddle on this dance floor. And Lucy and I are the DJ. We're like, what's going on out yeah. there? <laughs> Should we walk the floor? Um, so you've got all this great action happening. It's every Sunday night at Smart Bar. Um, if somebody wanted to get involved, if maybe somebody was like outside looking in and being like, hey, you know what? I think I want to enter drag or I think I want to become part of this community, part of this nightlife culture. Like, how does someone do that? Like, or how would somebody connect with Queen if they wanted to contribute? Well, my biggest advice to that, and like, <laughs> we talk about this a lot because uh, also something that's a little bit different in my drag career is that because I faced so much uh, opposition from people wanting me places, I decided to create my own places, mm-hmm. which I think is another reason why I'm in, so in tune with Queen. But I had to create my own places and like spaces to be in. And um, like I just I, I know I know I know exactly like how that is. But like one of the ways that I went about doing it was I went to those spaces. I spent time in them. I did whatever work I could to contribute to like making that space better. I showed up every single time. I bought all the drinks. I tipped performers. I got to know people. Like, I made myself a part of that community, and, like, that's all that people have to do, really. Like, some people get so confused about, like, how do I break into it? What's the code? What's this? You're already a part of it. Like, show up. Be there. Be present. Like, you know, we see that. We see you. Like, there are so many people that come to Queen for the first time and say hi to Lucy or I, and we're just like, oh, my God, thank you for coming. Here's a drink ticket. Let's do a shot. Like, it's never like someone comes to Queen and feels left out, at least in my opinion. Like, we're, we graciously are open to anyone. We're just another place that strives not to have clicks. Like, that's just right. the last thing that we want to have. We don't have clicks. Like, everyone is absolutely welcome. Like, they are. It felt very welcoming last week when I was there. Um, and, I mean, I've known Dan, but it's like, you know, like, we took a picture last week, and I was like, guess who's the, like, very straight boy with no fashion sense here? Me. And I, like, I clearly it's me. stood out. It's not Jaime. It's no, me. It's, it's, but it's like, I clearly stood out, and I felt very welcome and integrated. And it's like, that's such great advice, though, Lucy, because it's like, I feel like it's that way for a lot of artistic communities oh, and absolutely. platforms where it's like, show up, be giving, be accepting, listen, and, like, integrate as part of it. And I... It's that simple for a lot of things, but I think it a lot really of people is. get intimidated. They, and yeah, and I can totally understand why. I mean, there was a lot of time when I was looking out on the inside in, too, and, like, trying to do that. But just be yourself and be a part of people and, like, be that good, shining light, like, a 
in the crowd and like everyone sees that you know like everyone well, especially because it's a small venue yeah absolutely, like absolutely. you're not gonna get lost in it's not edc no like no yeah we all well, get to people look at get other. lost but that's their own <laughs> they do it on purpose though so that's a difference uh what else is coming up on deck for queen in 2017 like what are you guys looking at oh my god damn we will be celebrating our five-year anniversary in june that's um amazing. we'll be back in the pride parade yeah um yeah, I don't, we're gonna win the 2017 best weekly party again. Yes, we are. Yes, I mean, it are. hasn't come out yet, but we already know. <laughs> yes, we, yes, we um, are. Come on. No, but yeah, I mean, honestly, it's just like the same weekly shenanigans. Yeah. It's weekly. It's the same shenanigans. weekly shenanigans, but like amplified even more. I feel like uh, all of us that are a part of this party are so much more like emboldened by what we've done in the past like two years to just keep pushing it, making it even bigger, doing it even harder, but also keeping it like queen, you know, like that's yeah. one of our biggest it's, things. It's easy to get lost in like the world of sponsorship money and mm-hmm. people wanting to put their logo on your poster. But yep. like at the end of the day, we're an underground queer party. We don't want to appeal to the masses. Nope. So I think we're going to keep being weird. Yeah. yeah. And I think you're building a great community just by just being yourselves, you know, and building that organic, like, very authentic experience. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, I love it. This is really great. I'm glad we got to start this conversation. Dan, you and I have been talking about, like, <laughs> trying to get this on the books for a while. So. Yeah, it's, it's, we've been working on it. Yeah, but I, like, you guys are both busy, and I'm really glad that we were able to <laughs> lock in a time. That's you know, an understatement. Like, <laughs> I'm, I was really excited about coming up to G-Man. You know, we were talking about maybe doing this at Smart Bar for a little bit, like, but you know this, like especially Dan. Like I have so much love for the Metro family. I interned at Metro. They're I've so seen great. The best shows in my life at Metro. My favorite. We've oh, yeah, we've got pretty turned up together. At Metro. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> LCD song. It's just fun. one of my favorite places in the world. It absolutely is, and like that entire, that entire system building everything the all staff. of this connected oh the, God, staff. the staff like it, it is something it's not it's just so a huge it's such a huge family like i i love it like i'm so happy to be a part of it yeah so all the love in the world to metro smart bar gmail yes. and, and thank you, both of you for taking the time like i said i know you're both busy and i'm really glad that we got to start this conversation i'd love to keep it going you know i would love totally. to also. you know dan you've been on the podcast a couple times um lucy i'm really glad we got to get you on the mic but for real, like, let's keep this going. Let's do more uh, conversations as new developments happen, and the mics are always on for both of you. Awesome. So. That's so great to hear. Thank yes. you so much for having us Absolutely. Here. Thank you for taking the time. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, Thank you, Jaime. All right. Can't wait to make some gifts out of this. Come on, yeah. gifts. <laughs> GIFs. Right. Thanks for watching. We'll be back at Virgin Hotel next week. No, we won't because it's the Grammys. <gasps> Not, Not next week. The broadcast on the Grammys. So we're back February 19th. Um, 9 p.m., facebook.com slash Dynasty Podcast. Huge thanks to Brianna Eden, who ran the controls tonight. Thank you, Brianna. AB. Thank you, Brianna. Thank you to everybody too. watching. Also, follow Lucy Stuhl on Instagram at Ty is Lucy Stuhl. Oh, my God. See, I told you he's on top of everything. There we go. Dan Polia. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> thanks, guys. Thank you. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcast. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, Dynasty Descend.